all the figures coming in lower than the Wall Street expectations. Taking a look at silver at the time of this recording, silver up 61 cents. You can see on the announcement, price of silver shot up above 2180. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics. And some good news today, as not only did the latest CPI report come in lighter than expected, but we also have some positive movement in the gold and silver prices as both of those spiked up on the announcement. So let us dig in and take a look here. Consumer prices rose 0.4% in October, less than expected. Wall Street was calling for a 0.6% increase. And also the year over year came in at 7.7 versus 7.9%. So again, obviously prices are still going up quite a bit, but at least relative to the Wall Street expectations, the number coming in a little lighter than expected, which has put quite a dent into the Fed interest rate hike expectations for the December meeting. You can see following that news, now it's 80% chance being priced in uh, 50 basis points versus 20%, 19% for 75 basis points. That had been about 50-50 going back a couple of days or a week or so ago. So certainly interesting to see at least a little bit of a slowing of the inflation according to the BLS figures. If you look at the core CPI, which strips out food and energy, again, those things that nobody uses, 0.3% uh, on the month, 6.3% on an annual basis, compared to estimates of 0.5 and 6.5%. So all the figures coming in lower than the Wall Street expectations. Taking a look at silver at the time of this recording, silver up 61 cents. You can see on the announcement, Price of silver shot up above 2180, a little bit lower there. Similar reaction in the gold market, where gold now up $30 to almost the 1740 level. Crossed that briefly now at 1738. Stock market, bond markets also up. Stock market was up 700 points as the traders wonder if we are going to get the Powell pivot, which now is being defined more so as slowing or stopping of the aggressive pace of interest rate increases. We'll talk a little bit more about that throughout this video. It's not as if a reduction in the rates is right around the corner, but at least a significant data point to suggest that we may get a slowing in the pace of those interest rate increases. You can see some of the decline coming from a 2.4% decline in used vehicle prices. Apparel fell 0.7%. Medical services lower by 0.6%. Although, unfortunately, on the other hand, shelter costs, which is about a third of the CPI, rose 0.8%. Fuel prices were higher on the month. And the food index, which is obviously an important part of that, up 6 tenths of a percent and 10.9% annually. So it's not exactly as if conditions are getting great and easy for people out there yet, at least to the degree of the Fed's reaction and how aggressively they're raising interest rates, which has caused a slowdown in the economy, getting a little bit of a reprieve there. So while by no means is this report suggesting that inflation is under control and prices are going to stop going up, 
does have some impact on the market, which certainly was interesting, especially because earlier this week, there was a report from Goldman Sachs on how they see the gold market playing out when the Fed eventually does revert to what they expect will be rate cuts. Goldman Sachs sees gold soaring 30% when the Fed starts cutting interest rates. And I might add that 30% would be 2210, which is certainly interesting to think about. And before we dig into this article from Goldman Sachs, if we take a look at the gold and silver charts, there are a couple of times where gold has already spiked above $2,000 per ounce. We had back in July of 2020, and even though this chart does not show it going all the way up there, gold did spike over 2,000 ounce then, and also earlier this year, and it's interesting to think about what happened with silver when that happened, because the July time period in 2020, that's when it got right under $30 and was up to about $26 earlier this year. So gold did not get as high as 22.10, although sure it would be interesting to see where the silver price is at in that environment. I'm guessing that it would certainly be in the upper 20s. I've come to view $30 as a bit of the line in the sand again back during silver squeeze. We had silver go over $30 for a couple of hours on February 1st, and it seemed like it was almost an international crisis. But more than that, just seeing all the activity and the attention that was shed on what was going on there just for a couple of hours that day, and perhaps even more significant from Ross's commentary about that was that mentioned how it was situation getting out of control that could have been much worse and they were very concerned which on one hand seems a little odd to me because if the price of silver goes over thirty dollars you know what what's what's the big deal why is that different than if uh the stock goes from 29 to 31 so i continue to wonder if there's a degree to which there would be heavy shorting pressure around that 30 dollar mark going forward and well, we'll just see if Goldman's forecast plays out. Although, let's take a look at what they were talking about here. Obviously, they mentioned the hawkish Fed and how that has really been the drag on the gold price and the silver price. Well, they didn't mention silver in this article, but talked about how that's been a big drag on the gold price. Although, counter that by mentioning the central bank gold buying, which has really been an offsetting factor. Again, we talked yesterday with Vince Lancey about how even though some of the central bank buying was unreported, certainly you would think China and Russia are two candidates to likely be heavily involved in that. China has been a consistent gold buyer over the past decade and keeps all of their gold production and imports more above that. And even Goldman Sachs writing about how central bank gold demand is becoming a big factor in the market. Yet here is the key nugget. This article mentions, in a scenario where U.S. recession leads to a turn in the U.S. monetary cycle, which it will, it's only a matter of time before the Fed breaks something badly, Goldman estimates that gold could rally by 20 to 30%, depending on the degree of the Fed cuts. And will be interesting to see when and how the Fed does eventually change their policy I mean, we're already seeing issues in the treasury market. Janet Yellen is concerned. She's been talking about liquidity concerns. And 
reallocating the duration of the treasuries that are out there by purchasing off the run longer dated treasuries, placing them with shorter dated treasuries. And I continue to read reports almost daily of issues in the treasury market. So things not going swimmingly so far. And while certainly the commentary out of the Fed this year has been talking repeatedly about how there's no pivot in sight, their terminal rate is higher, and that they are going to continue hiking rates, which I do believe they will. Yet at the same time, I know in the gold and silver land and certainly many corners of the internet and financial community, there's a lot of people who were expecting rate cuts this year, figuring that the Fed would get a couple hikes in and then have to reverse what they were doing. Obviously, that has not come yet. I don't think that's coming at the December meeting either. And who knows, maybe it doesn't come in 2023. I would certainly think there will be a pause in the hikes in 2023 whether we get actual rate cuts next year i think will depend on how the impact of the hikes that we've had so far play out things are not going particularly well out there it's put a lot of pressure on the japanese yen and certainly we talked quite a bit on the show about the effects that you had in england where bond yields were spiking which cause a problem with their pension funds. And it's not just those two locations either, ECB being forced to raise rates, which is a bit of a problem given that you have some big debt loads over there. And with the Fed continuing to pile forward, not making life easier, especially in a lot of these countries where they have borrowed in dollars and those borrowing costs are going up and they need dollars to repay those loans. So maybe we don't get the cut in 2023 maybe it takes longer than that yet when you think about all these dynamics in play it's just difficult to see that the fed is going to raise rates and let's say in a year or two rates are just sitting at seven percent and they're just hanging out for a couple of years as the debt expense on the U.S. Treasury bill continues to climb. I see that as next to impossible. So while there's certainly debate over how long the Fed will continue hiking, what their terminal rate will be, and if it's going to bring inflation down, you have a lot of factors that are still sitting out there that would suggest eventually they're going to have to cut rates and continue buying the debt again, as the Fed has been the major buyer and the ultimate outcomes of the midterm elections, one thing that is almost guaranteed to continue climbing is the U.S. debt load. Anyway, so Goldman's estimate is based on the degree of rate cuts predicated on something breaking badly, which certainly is possible. Again, uh, at least the upper end of that range, 30%. You'd be looking at a 2200 gold price. Goldman thinks there is limited further downside in the spec positioning, which is already close to historic lows. We've seen the hedge funds get increasingly short in gold as well as silver. So usually that is when there's a bit of a turnaround. And perhaps that's the floor we've seen in recent weeks as gold continues to get in the low 1600s. Silver getting down a couple times to around $18 yet, not falling further yet. And certainly nice rally over the past week. And perhaps another reason that we are seeing a bit of a floor 
is that it seems the word of the silver drawdowns on the COMEX and LBMA are getting a little bit more widespread coverage. This was an interesting article I found on Invez.com, physical silver drawdown surge on global bullion exchanges. Interesting to see some of the comments here. They talk about how 95% of the tra transactions are rolled over and no physical delivery takes place. Here, a note about a 2014 study by Fabrice Druin Ristori, who mentions for every ounce of physical silver, there are over 250 ounces of paper silver circulating in several financial products. In other words, only one contract or certificate out of 250 would be convertible into physical silver. Again, the article talking about the intense drawdown on the COMEX, which under 35 million ounces. There's a quote from Andy Schechtman. There are 1,800% more of these contracts than there are bars backing them. Mario and Echo in Echo 64 mentioning that the shift from paper to hard assets is just beginning. Certainly something that we've heard a lot of talk from the East as the BRICS nation continue to explore alternatives to the dollar. We've heard a lot about a currency based on a basket of commodities. And now the latest news was that Saudi Arabia is keen to join the BRICS nations, perhaps nothing official yet, but seems like there's new countries each day popping up and wanting to side with the Eastern powers rather than the West. And perhaps for obvious reasons, I think they've seen the way the dollar is used and perhaps rightfully becoming concerned about how the dollar was really weaponized earlier this year in Russia, which, again, uh, I understand people can have different feelings and views on the whole Russia and in, in Ukraine situation. Although I do think that set a precedent where if you're another country out there that maybe does not get along with the U.S. and you've seen how that switch can be flipped, I imagine that's something that is concerning to a lot of other nations. So just something to keep an eye on. And here was another Zero Hedge story where this time they were talking about Doug Casey, who was out talking about silver's many uses, what it means for the future. Obviously, silver going into a lot of electronic products, solar panels, the greenification of the economy. And Doug points out something that I thought was quite interesting and have mentioned before, but perhaps worth repeating in that the fact that silver is mostly a byproduct of industrial metals means that as their production drops in an economic downturn, the production of silver will drop as well. This is one of the interesting things about the overall silver supply and demand profile. On one hand, often we talk about the price being near the current cost of production. So certainly not the greatest incentive for entrepreneurs to go start a new silver project. And those projects don't come online immediately. There's quite a lag of five to 10 years if you have an explorer going out, exploring a project before that eventually becomes a mine where they're digging silver out of the ground. And again, as Doug mentions that on the other hand, a lot of the silver is still going to come to the market because lead, copper, gold, and zinc miners are producing the silver as a byproduct. So they're going to have it and sell it regardless. Yet, if you do see a slowdown, which could lead to lower silver demand, 
in most cases, if that lowers the demand for copper and some of these other metals as well, then you see a reduction in the supply. So one of the interesting things about the silver profile, Doug mentions, if you're bullish on gold, you should be even more bullish on silver. And certainly with the current pricing, a little bit of catch up to do for the silver price relative to gold. So imagine if we ever did get that $2,200 gold price and silver finally adjusted the gold to silver ratio quite high right now, about 85 to one. And just another one of the reasons that you would expect a, another spike at some point going forward and perhaps a Fed pivot, US debt servicing costs skyrocket, $1.4 trillion in interest payments on deck. And in the end is really why the whole system is in a bit of a corner where if they raise rates and continue to raise rates, you have some of these issues. If you do not continue to raise rates and you cut them, then you have the inflation issues. Although in the end, we know that governments like to spend almost impossible to see any scenario in which they do not continue to do so, which is why so many people turn to gold and silver as a response to that and why you hear even Goldman Sachs talking about potentially 30% upside when the Fed does cut rates again. So either case, these are the types of things that we'll be talking about on Saturday at Silverfest. Hope to see you there. We'll have David Morgan kicking off the party with his silver market year in review. We'll have an outlook for 2023. Bill Holter and Rob Keens on that one. State of the retail physical silver market. We have some of the dealers coming in. First Majestic will be there, Ronan Manley, Rafi Farber, Vince Lancey, Bob Coleman, Alistair McLeod, some of the silver miners. And then, of course, we get Dave Kranzler coming in for the night session, along with a few others. Bill Murphy going to be there as well. So a lot of the guests that you hear on this show and some of the other great silver and gold channels that are out there will be a great place that you can ask questions. There are booths where you'll be able to actually interact face to face through the screen with some of these guests, although all throughout the day, I'll be looking forward to hopefully getting more of your questions than mine as we talk about some of these topics, how things could play out. I know it's been a bit of a chaotic year, not the easiest of time for investors, not just in the silver market, but many of the markets where we've seen sell-offs in the stock and bond markets. So Silverfest on Saturday is designed to help you get some insight and answers to some of the things that are going on, as well as just a place to connect with some other people who are seeing the same world out there that you are, which is often different from what many in the banking community are seeing, where they assume that the Fed has a master plan, which a lot of us have not yet been able to figure out in the long term, but link to sign up and register to attend in the description field below. It's free, it's online. We will be there all day on Saturday, and I will look forward to seeing you there.